Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. We've got the divisional round of the NFL playoffs this weekend after a super, super wild card weekend. We'll give you some picks coming up. Our guest this week is Jacksonville Jaguars kicker Riley Patterson. Riley kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired to complete the Jags' comeback. They were down 27 nothing against the L.A. Chargers last Saturday night. They came back on that field goal. They won the game 31-30. Jacksonville advanced to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Riley was wearing a cross necklace, and after the field goal, he took it out and he pointed it in front of or held it in front of the cameras, and it was a moment that was captured by so many people on social media, and, and they were talking about it. And after all of the pray for DeMar outpouring of support for Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, there's this intersection of sports and faith. It's been heightened. It's been highlighted. Now, I typically talk about it and do interviews like this for my Faith on the Field show, but I'm working on an AP story ahead of the Super Bowl about this topic. And that moment, Riley's gesture there it kind of thrust him into the spotlight. So we chat about that and much more. Here's my conversation with Riley Patterson. Riley, welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Great to have you on and congratulations on one, a great comeback and you capping it off with that kick. Tell me, man, as you approach, you take the field, you're going in that position. You guys are down 27 nothing, and now you're, you got a shot to win the game. What, what's going through your mind? Yeah, well... I mean, that's really something that you dream of as a kicker. Um, that whole moment, that whole process, you know, coming back um, late in the game, in the playoffs, in the NFL, um, and having to come down to you, not only to, you know, to put us ahead, but uh, put the game away at the very end of the game. And you really try and stay focused, try and stay present. Um, you know, I'm big on my faith. Um, so, I mean, constantly praying throughout the game. I can feel my my mother's prayers from the stands um, as they're all into their faith as well. And it's uh, uh, being lifted up in prayer is um, it's something I don't take very lightly. And I can feel it in those big moments and uh, kind of letting the Holy Spirit take over, letting muscle memory take over and just not making it bigger than it needs to be and just uh, making sure I do my small part in it. Now, when the Chargers called a timeout, I didn't notice this, and my wife's watching a game with me. And by the way, she's not a big football fan, but she's watching a game with me for moments like this. She says he took the the necklace, his cross necklace, out from underneath the jersey and put it out, and it was during the timeout, so before the kick. Did you do that subconsciously? Was it instinctive? Was there? Do you recall doing that? Uh, I recall doing it. Um, I do that for pretty much every kick. I think. Okay. Um, sometimes it gets caught in uh, my in my shoulder pads, which really isn't good because sometimes like it makes my neck stay down. Um, <laughs> but before every kick, I mean, I, I wear this for a reason, um, and I wear it during games for a reason, um, so that people can see it. So I don't want to make a kick, especially one such as big as that, um, without it being around my neck and visible for people to see. Um, I wear this every day. Um, it never comes off me. Um, I've been wearing this for probably the past eight years. Um, got my sister got to me when I was in second grade, so it never comes off. But during games, I like to instead ducking it in, keeping it out. Um, for I, I guess situations uh, like last night, um, I never thought of it. You know, 
being this big of a deal. But uh, yeah, just for moments like that, I guess. And then, of course, after you make the kick, right? It didn't get tangled. You make the kick. They, they're picking you up. You, you take it off and you hold it in front of the cameras. And some cameras took the shot. Some held the view. Some panned away. What were you thinking as you held it there, giving God the glory? Um, that's exactly what I was thinking, uh, making sure that not I, but he get the glory for any action um, that um, I have here. Nothing that I've done or my family will do um, is anything but a gift from God. And um, I want everyone to realize that and to know that and it's nothing that I do. And especially in such a big moment like that, as a kicker, you don't, you know, you're not able to promote, um, you know, things that you want all the time because you're not always in the limelight. But um, in that moment, you are in that big moment. So I prayed many, many times if I ever got in that situation um, that I would praise God with my actions and my words. I never thought about doing this until the day prior. Actually, um, I had like a little daydream. I was just driving uh, to to the stadium or I don't know what. And I had a daydream. I would like take my cross out and like, you know, hold it up. You know, people could see and kind of crazy. It actually happened. So I, as soon as I made the kick, I went over there and I take the cross off and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make sure that if someone sees my face after this, that they'll, they'll see this first and you can't ignore it. So that was the main goal. Well, that's pretty cool. And so much reaction to that on social media, and especially from those who appreciated you doing that. Did it kind of surprise you the 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 attention that that got or, or did you kind of you know expect something like that? Yes, yeah, since it really wasn't a pre planned thing. It's not like I was thinking about doing that before the kick or anything. I was just thinking about the kick and then it kind of caught it to me then. So everything was a surprise. I didn't think anybody would, you know, message me about it or <laughs> or I didn't think the Jags would be kind enough to post that as one of their pictures. I really appreciate them doing that. I know a lot of people would shy away from that. They did not. I appreciate that. Um, but so many people have reached into me uh, like on my direct messages on social media, just saying uh, thank you for you know, showing glory to God and how it inspired them, um, you know, that in such a big moment, like that is for me, the biggest moment of my career um, that, you know, we're praising God in that moment. It's not about us having composure and compassion for, you know, the one who gives us everything. Um, so it was really cool to see so many people appreciate that. Riley, how much do you need your faith as, as a kicker in the NFL? Because it can't be easy. You bounced around, right? Coming out of college, you have three, four uh, different opportunities. Now you're with the Jaguars. You're here in the playoffs. But it, it's a difficult life, right? People think about how glamorous it is to be an, a professional athlete. Man, I don't even know if kickers can can have their bags unpacked at times. It's, it's that tough. What's it like and how much do you, do you lean on your faith to help you in those moments? I'll be honest with you. I told my wife this many times. I got married in uh, this past April. I'm like, man, if you're not a Christian and you don't have faith and you don't have like something to fall back on, I don't know how you can uh, be a kicker in this league, man. They, you bounce around a lot, you know. And to be honest, like if I miss that kick, there's there's a chance like you get cut, honestly. So you really kind of live and die with each one you go out there. So you try and stay present in it. But I mean, my faith is everything. Um, kicking is very spiritual for me. Because it's a direct representative, I feel like, uh, on my life. You know, you go, um, all the things that you do uh, in your worship time or in your prayer time, when you're reading scripture, when you're going to church, you only get highlighted so many moments in your life. And because you spend so much time in scripture praying um, in big moments in your life, that's when it shows. You know, when your feet are against the fire, like that's when, um, you know, you show who you are. 
And I'm thankful that God's been working in uh, my life for so long that he's able to, you know, glorify himself, you know, through actions of my own. Did you watch Monday night's game and see what unfolded with Brett Maher? Like I I know people are so quick to jump on social media and criticize. And I I can sympathize with a guy like in that position, in that spotlight, fortunately for him, it didn't matter. They win the game. Did you, first of all, were you watching and what were you thinking? Uh, I was watching and I I can promise you this for him. It very much so did matter. Um, you never want a game to come down to a miss like that, especially as a kicker. I mean, luckily that they get an advance and they're, you know, going to continue to go with them, um, what it seems like. And he's a great guy. I definitely have a lot of sympathy and empathy for what happened to him. Um, but I'm really glad that he got one in at the very end, uh, kind of get him going for next game. But that's a tough position to be in. I haven't been in that position. Um, thankfully, it's missed that many in a row. But uh, the mental gymnastics that y- you go through in a miss like that, it's, it's very difficult. So having yourself grounded um, in your faith is something I think is necessary um, for success in this uh, in this league. Riley, I know Coach Peterson from his time in Philadelphia, and I know he's a man of faith. Uh, had an event with Doug at the American Bible Society in the Philadelphia area. I was in the locker room when they won the Super Bowl. And afterwards, they all took a knee and recited the Lord's Prayer led by Doug. I know he comes in to Jacksonville in a tough situation, changes the culture there. You weren't there last year. You're there this year. What has he meant to you and that team and the organization from just your short time with him? Uh, So much. I mean, as a man of faith, I appreciate other men who are actively growing in their Christian faith. And you can tell that he is um, always shows up to chapel, brought his own pastor to chapel uh, once before, which I thought was amazing. And it's always so impressive because I, I don't see that very often. And the guy who's in charge of everything, one who's running the show, when you know who he answers to, um, it gives you a lot more faith in who he is and, and kind of like the direction as a team. And after every game, we say the Lord's Prayer. And even when, you know, DeMar in that situation, um, as terrible as it was, I do feel like it brought a lot of people closer because, I mean, he he walked out in front of the team meeting and he said his own prayer, um, had the whole team by their heads. And I think that's pretty impressive. I, I don't know many coaches that would do that. And uh, to do it on his own, I think is very big. And uh, I appreciate him very, very much for doing that. That's pretty awesome. So what is the the Christian culture on the Jaguars team with Bible study and with chapel? Is that something that you guys get together weekly uh, before games in the middle of the week? What's that like? Yeah, Bible study has been great. Uh, We have a couple of people go to that. That's been a little um, inconsistent every once in a while with different schedules. But yeah, about once a week is when we go. We have the prayers right before the games in the shower, uh, which uh, so many people are a part of and kind of pour out their hearts before the game. Um, pour out their insecurities and how they feel about the game and and also, you know, excitement for the game and make sure that we give the glory to God and that, you know, the battle, the real battle is already won. So uh, the pressure on this one's not as much as you think. Um, and then obviously chapel the night before the games. Um, it's, uh, it's been really cool to be a part of this. There's a Christian culture here on this team. So many people go to chapel. Um, it really is amazing to see that. Um, it's so many, you know, young men that are, actually growing in their faith it's uh it's cool to be a part of it's infectious that's pretty cool man what's what's your day like at practice riley because uh, i've you know i go to practice and i see the kicker and the punter and the holder and, and they're all on the side and you're working and, and you're working at your own pace but you're out there what what, what is a day in your 
football life like? Uh, I mean, some days are definitely more strenuous than others. Um, regular Wednesday, Thursdays, right? This week, it's more of a Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you know, we'll go out um, about 30 minutes or so before, and uh, I'll get the majority of my, uh, you know, warm-up kicks in then. Because right now, we're working uh, just on the stadium field. And I'll get out there early. I'll, I'll hit some um, kicks in there. Then after that, we'll get live ops during the warm-ups, and then we'll go straight into field goal period, get a lot of work in there. Then after that, a lot of like uh, mental preparation, kind of walk through my steps. Steps are very important as a kicker, making sure that you're aligned right. So when it's time to do your job, you can go ahead and not think about it. Um, and then mentally preparing myself to where I don't have to think at all once I get out on the field, even during my steps. Um, those are the biggest things that I work at during practice. And then we'll have a couple of one-off field goals and then kickoffs as well later on in practice. And the one-off field goals, I think, are very important because they're the most game-like. Today we had uh, some some uh, noise getting blown through the speakers because I heard that Arrowhead is very loud. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so preparing for that. Uh, no doubt. You know what? I can't talk about Doug without asking about ice cream. How often does he mention ice cream in team meetings? Uh, more than uh, I thought. Um, and then I saw <laughs> doing it like all the time back at the Eagles. Um, yeah, every night before the game, everybody gets ice cream. I always do. I love it. So. I'm a big fan. Sometimes he, he's got a couple big bowls of ice cream. I've seen it a couple of times. It's uh, it's impressive. No doubt. Last one for you, Riley. Uh, on your bio, you have Luke 923. Whoever wants to be my disciple, and this is Jesus speaking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Obviously, that's an impactful Bible verse for you to have it represented as, as in your bio on your social. Uh, what does yeah. it mean to you? Exactly what I said to deny myself, um, my thoughts, my ambitions, um, the way I feel about myself and others, um, just completely get rid of that. I want to be renewed um, to God's heart, to his mind, to his thoughts, to his knowledge. Um, you know, my book is the Bible. Um, my thoughts are the Bible. Um, my heart is the Bible. It's scripture. And I want to get rid of myself as much as possible. Because of, we you know, what happened to Genesis, we have simple nature. And just because I have, you know, feelings and thoughts doesn't mean that they're right. Um, everything that I want to do, I want to align with um, Scripture and Christ. And uh, more and more I can do that growing in my faith. Um, it's something that you have to do every day. Um, it's not once a week when you go to church. It's not once, you know, a couple months if you just go during a holiday. It really is every single day. And over time, um, it'll affect you more than more than you could ever know because this Christian life, um, it's amazing. It's purposeful and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, but not always is it that easy. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort, um, cause it does completely change your life and a hundred percent for the better. It's uh, I always tell everybody it's the greatest decision I ever made. And it's given me more peace than anything in the world can give me is, is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I need him more than ever, but uh, it, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Riley really appreciate uh, your honesty, your transparency, your heart for the Lord. I wish you a ton of blessings, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me on here too. Um, there needs to be more platforms like this. Um, I appreciate you doing this for so long. And excited for what you got for this story, too. That's uh, that's really awesome that the NFL is doing that. Thank you, man. Welcome back.
back to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Time for my pro picks. The four-pack is 37-32-2 this season. We only have four games this weekend, so they're all part of the pack. Saturday afternoon, the Jacksonville Jaguars are eight-and-a-half-point underdogs in Kansas City against the number one seed Chiefs. It's Andy Reid versus Doug Peterson, the mentor versus the student. A lot of familiarity between the two coaches. Trevor Lawrence overcame four first-half interceptions last week, and he threw four touchdown passes to lead the Jaguars from a 27-0 deficit against the Chargers to a 31-30 win to advance. It's been a great season for the Jags. They're just not ready to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This one is my best bet, Chiefs 31-20. Then Saturday night in Philly, the number one seed Eagles are seven and a half point favorites against NFC East rival, the New York Giants. The Eagles swept the season series. How hard is it to beat a team three times in a season? Well, not that hard. Teams who won the first two meetings are 15 and 10 in the third, 14 and six when that game is at home. This one's at the link, Eagles 27-21. Sunday afternoon in Buffalo, the Bills-Bengals face off in a rematch of the game that was canceled after DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest on the field. The Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Both teams look shaky in wildcard wins. Joe Burrow and the Bengals have won nine in a row, while Josh Allen and the Bills have an eight-game winning streak. One will end. The Bengals are banged up on the O-line, but this is my upset special. Bengals 30-29. The final matchup of the weekend is Dallas at San Francisco. The 49ers are just three-point favorites. I thought it'd be a little bit more. The Niners have won 11 straight games with Brock Purdy starting the last six. The Cowboys dominated Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on Monday night. Dak Prescott was outstanding. Micah Parsons was a game wrecker, but the Niners are too talented on offense, too tough on defense. They've got a bunch of weapons and have two more days of rest to prepare for this one. 49ers, 24-20. For more insight on all the games, check out ProPix on APNews.com. Time for some final thoughts. Tom Brady may have played the last game of his legendary career on Monday night. Threw a career-high 66 passes. He wasn't sharp. The Buccaneers were dominated by the Dallas Cowboys. It was a terrible but expected ending for a team that they probably would have been 3-14 and 14 or 4-13 and 13 without Brady. I think the fire is still there for Tom. He led the NFC in yards passing. He set an NFL record for completions, so he could still play even at age 45. He's not what he was at 42 or 43, but he can still compete and play in the NFL. And he's having fun doing it. I just don't know if there's a right fit for him. The New York Jets kind of make sense. They got a good defense. They have some pieces on offense. It would put him closer to his son, Jack. We'll put him right there in New York, and he goes to his games. But the Buccaneers, for me, make the most sense. There's the familiarity with the team. He's been here for three years, the coaches, the players, all of that. But Tampa needs help. Their offense lacked creativity. It was too predictable. The offensive line was banged up. They need to protect Tom to the point where he doesn't want to get rid of the ball in record time and he can throw the ball downfield. They certainly could use more speed at receiver. They desperately need Gronk at tight end. Their defense lacks a pass rush. They had some issues there too. There's some salary cap concerns. So there's a lot to fix for the Buccaneers that Tom Brady alone can't solve. So this is going to be interesting to see. Tom's going to take some time. 
to make his decision. And once he does, he's a free agent. He could go anywhere. I still think the Buccaneers are the most likely destination if, if he decides to continue playing football. That's it for this week. Thank you to Riley Patterson, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague Ralph Russo and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. 